Know you not that they that run in the race all run indeed, but only one receiveth the prize. Many are called, but few are chosen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How terrible it feels when you are left and you are not the one chosen for what you think you deserve. How terrible it feels to be excluded and not receive the prize. In today's epistle, St. Paul mentions that when the Israelites fled Egypt in the desert, they all ate the same spiritual bread of the manna. They all drank from the same spiritual waters of the rock. Yet St. Paul says, but with most of them, God was not pleased. In the end of the gospel that we heard today, our Lord said, For many are called, but few are chosen. What makes us pleasing to God, and how can we be chosen? Today we begin our ten-week spiritual ascent with our Lord to Jerusalem, our ten-week spiritual ascent to Easter, the summit of our liturgical year. From the epistle and gospel that we just heard, we see that even with most of the Israelites, God was not pleased, not to mention the pagans. In the gospel, with those who worked in the vineyard, still only few were chosen. Today we must ask ourselves, is God pleased with me? Not, am I pleased with myself? But is God pleased with me? Today we begin this pre-Lenten season of Septuagesima, which bridges from Christmas into Lent. Septuagesima, the number 70 in Latin, counts from today until Easter. The number 70 represents the 70 years that the Israelites were exiled in the Babylonian captivity when the Jews were conquered by and taken back as slaves to Babylon. It was because of their sins, ignoring the merciful calls of God through the prophets, that God permitted their temporary exile. Sin was the cause of their sorrow, and thus the introit of today's Mass begins with sorrow. The sorrows of death surrounded me, the sorrow of hell encompassed me. And so in this liturgical time of sorrow in our exile, just as the Israelites did not rejoice in seeing by the waters of Babylon, so now the Gloria and the Alleluia, songs of joy, have been silenced. For us Christians now, this pre-Lenten season begins the time of penitential preparation before we enter the holiest of weeks. And so today we begin this preparation by looking what we hope to achieve at the end, that is, to please Almighty God, our loving Father. We want to please Him so that by His grace placed in our soul, He will welcome us as His chosen ones. He calls all, but all are not chosen. The collect of today's Mass helps to set the tone for our demeanor. We pray, graciously here we beseech thee, O Lord, the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly afflicted for our sins 
may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness for the glory of thy name. First, we acknowledge that we justly suffer for our sins. And secondly, we pray to be delivered by God's goodness for the glory of his name. At the end of the day, we must believe that salvation is by his grace and not by our works. Today we need to take seriously this call by God to work with his grace in his vineyard, which is the church. He promises eternal happiness for all those who persevere in his vineyard. But we are not working for the denarius. We are not simply working for the penny. Sure, it is a reward, but that is not why we are doing it. Sure, the Israelites wanted to enter the land flowing with milk and honey, but that is not it. Our goal is union with God, the first object of our beatitude in heaven. Yes, there is happiness with God in heaven, but it is God that is our primary focus. If we are not aiming at God, if we are only seeking the pleasures of heaven, we may be more likely to grumble like the workers in the parable today. They grumbled because they had no charity in their heart. This parable is not a socialist doctrine saying every man gets equal pay, but rather a call to not be jealous or attached to earthly pleasures. God is so much more than just an almoner giving away coins. We begin this penitential season by first acknowledging our sins and failures of the present and of the past, so that we can properly confess them and do penance. As to the present, we also begin this penitential season by looking at our present sins and vices so that we can confess them and make amends, so that by our gr- what was our grumbling and our complaining may be turned by his grace into charity, gratitude, and mercy. Waking us from our slumber, St. Paul says, Know you not that they that run in the race all run indeed, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may win. We seek to attain the incorruptible crown, the halo of sanctity in the friendship of Almighty God. And just as worldly athletes must chastise the body so that it may run faster, so we must chastise ourselves of sin to put on the spiritual muscle of virtue, making us run quicker in our spiritual race. Thus, if any penitential work that we would choose this Lent does not help us to avoid sin and grow in virtue and in humility, it is pointless. If a penitential work increases our pride and self-content, it only hurts our soul. To prove my point, let me continue with the example of St. Paul. If a runner wants to go faster to win the prize, he must work on exercises that will help him to run faster. If the runner only works on the superficial muscles of biceps, shoulders, back, and chest muscles, the runner will look more like a linebacker and he will thus run slower. It is counterintuitive for a runner to do those exercises. In a similar way, many Catholics view Lent in the same way. 
Instead of trying to grow in humility to chastise the evil of pride, instead of trying to grow in the love of God and the love of neighbor, to please Almighty God, many work on the superficial practices that only increase pride. They may think, I will do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I'll give up some chocolate. But at the end of the day, they have not worked on the virtue of humility, and thus they have lost everything. Not every exercise is good for a runner, and so not giving up chocolate is good for everyone. We need to keep the spiritual regimen simple this Lent. Four things. First, we ought to choose spiritual exercises that help us to grow in the love of God, to follow and better live the first three commandments. Second, choose spiritual exercises to help us to grow in the love of neighbor and better live the last seven commandments. Third, faithfully do the duties of our state of life in the areas of our spirituality, religion, intellectual, and material duties. And lastly, choose exercises that help us to grow in humility and counter our predominant faults. That's it. Four things. The love of God, the love of neighbor, justice to the duties of our state of life, and humility. If we do these well, we will win the prize. Now in the traditional Latin Mass, there are two cities that have deeply imagined themselves and ingrained themselves into the liturgical psyche, that of Babylon and that of Jerusalem. We could break the liturgical year into two seasons, before Easter and after Easter. Before Easter corresponds to Babylon, and after Easter corresponds to Jerusalem. The famous Benedictine abbot Dom Guéranger wrote, Babylon is the image of this world of sin, in the midst whereof the Christian has to spend their lives a probation. Jerusalem is the heavenly country where he will repose after the end of his trials. The people of Israel, whose whole history is but one great type of the human race, were banished from Jerusalem and kept in bondage in Babylon. This time of Septuagesima corresponds liturgically with the theme of the need for repentance and conversion in order to return to Jerusalem. As we Catholics are the new chosen people of God, washed in the blood of Christ at baptism, we seek to learn from the mistakes of the Israelites, who didn't worship idols, who abandoned the worship of God, and did not avoid sin, which led to their exile. And so we seek to voluntarily repent and amend our lives so that we do not suffer their horrors. God has willed that now we find ourselves in Babylon, this liturgical season of penance. It is a season of sorrow for offending God by sin, but not a sorrow of despair. God made us to be with him in heaven in the eternal Jerusalem, but first we must prove ourselves worthy to be chosen. Remember the words of the epistle, but with most of them God was not pleased, which was seconded by the gospel. Many were called, but few are chosen. And so the liturgy tells us 
that the choice is ours. How can I grow in the love of God and the love of neighbor, in justice to the duties of my state of life, and how can I grow in humility and virtue? Let us run the race so that we will win. Let us forget the pain, ignore the burn, endure the fatigue. Let us keep our eyes focused on God, walking hand in hand with him by grace, and we too will win the race. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Thank you.